How y'all doing, Cartel? Um, I have the wonderful Miss Nancy from Florida, uh, who is a second-generation beekeeper on the show today, and we had an awesome conversation. I had so many questions for her that just came to the top of my head, and she answered them all with gusto, you know? Um, very educational, very entertaining, uh, and then we got into some... Uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that you know how this show is right so you know you can't leave that stuff out right so uh yeah mo a lot of the conversation is about is about bees and then we got into a lot of other stuff uh conspiratorial stuff so uh yeah uh i really hope you enjoy this one as much as i did and uh yeah you know what you gotta do uh smoke a dupe drink a beer relax and enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I have a second generation beekeeper in the, in the house today. And uh, her name is Nancy and she's in Florida. Uh, Nancy, how are you? Uh, what, tell the audience what it is that you do and, you know, what you're all about. Hi, thanks for the invite. Uh, this is Nancy from the great state of Florida, the great free state of Florida. <laughs> Um, I am a beekeeper, actually more of like a backyard beekeeper. Um, I got my first introduction to beekeeping, um, from my father. Um, I grew up in upstate New York and my father kept bees as a hobby. And, um, I think my first intro was, I was about seven years old and I was told I needed to help. So that's how I got started. So in any point of your life, <laughs> were you terrified as, of bees as much as I am? <laughs> yes, when I was seven, um, because I, you know, my dad, my dad said, you know, you're old enough now. We need your help. And I said, no. And he said, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. <laughs> and he's like, two things. Don't swat. Don't swat at them. Um, and don't run. And, um, you know, he's like, there's nothing to be terrified of. Right. And, right. Um, so we used to annually take the honey and it, and it was, um, pretty much a family project. We needed everybody's help. Um, so that was, that was my introduction. And um, uh, how many people were involved with uh, the beekeeping? Well, my, my dad and his brother and my aunt, me and a couple cousins um, all had to help participate. So everybody had something to do. Sure. Uh, so we like we had somebody in the house boiling water because we would use hot water to clean off the knife where you um, remove the wax capping so you can spin the honey out. Okay. Um, so we had just, you know, somebody make lunch, somebody to do the spinning. Um, my dad and my uncle would go to go to the hives and bring the frames of honey um, to us. So we had a barn and we actually had a honey house within the barn. So that's so cool. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think I was about seven as well, six, like six or seven. And I was riding like, like a tricycle or something. And there was a bee 
and I, <laughs> I was like freaking out. And I, and I was like, a bee, a bee, a bee. And I started like pedaling really quick. And I, I, I was so scared and I wiped out and I smashed my hands, you know, and that I don't know what it is, but that fear has been with me for like my whole life. And it's like, um, I've never been stung because I've always run away from them. You know? <laughs> I always, um, and my dad is allergic to bee stings and I have no idea if that got handed down to me either. So I don't know. But now I'm just like, like I'm all about like trying to clear my mind uh, and control my myself, right? And just like focus. So whenever there's a bee around me now, I, I don't even budge. I'm just like, eh, okay, you know, it's not going to hurt me if I don't do anything, you know? Right. Just watch her do her thing or let her do her thing. And if she looks a little tired and it's hot, give her some water. Um, she's she's got a job to do. Um, if you're in the way, you'll get, you know, you may get stung, you may not. Um, but really, she's just out foraging um, and needs to get back to the hive. Right. So. And like, what are your thoughts on like the different types of bees? Like how many different types are there? I know there's like for my own layman's terms, I know there's the big ones, the bumblebees. I know there's the, the worker bees. There's the hornets and wasps. What are the different well, types and what are their roles? Well, there are bee, I mean, there's, I don't even know how many different types of bees there are, but within a honeybee hive, you have typically one queen only. Um, and then the bees that you see that are foraging, that are on the flowers, um, those are all female bees. So those are all worker bees. So that's their name, worker bees. Um, right. Back at the hive there are drones which are the male bees and they have one purpose and i'm gonna let you guess what it is <laughs> to forage or no. or mate they mate that's the only that's their only purpose right so um they will go to um an airspace maybe 30 40 feet up in the air um, and they are looking to mate. And when they mate, um, after they've done their business, um, they die. Oh, so wow. basically there, th there are some YouTube videos where you can actually see this in slow motion. Um, a drone mounting a virgin queen. And you can see, <laughs> um, after he, after he does his job, um, he basically falls off and loses his penis along the way and dies. Wow. So, That's yeah. kind of like, it, that kind of reminds me of how praying mantises operate. Because I heard that once they mate, the female bites off the head of the, the male. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's all you're good for, asshole. That, you're done. That that's basically it. So the queen may go on one or more mating flights. So she is going um, to collect um, or be inseminated with enough sperm to last her entire life. So here in Florida, a queen's life um, or her longevity, um, because it's hot, um, can usually go anywhere from like two years to she's probably maxed out at four years. And wow. 
Yeah. It's simply said, because it's so hot. She's just pumped full of sperm and that's it. She is. So she she kind of decides um, how the hive, um, you know, when it's time to make drones, the male bees. Um, and other than that, it's females and they do everything. So they actually um, tend to the queen's needs. So they feed her, um, they groom her, and they remove her waste. So she wow. she doesn't leave she never leaves the hive when she has um once she has you know have has all the sperm that she can either her body can handle or that she thinks she needs. <laughs> she never leaves the hive until until something happens. So that could she, be swarming, that could be um she gets sick or she stops laying um, and the worker bees will kill her and make a new, make a new queen. So there's, there's a lot to this. So the worker bees kill them. A worker. Oh, so if a queen, let's say the queen gets sick or she's just doesn't perform up to um, keeping the hive alive and you keep the hive alive by her consistently laying eggs and right. making new bees. And then the worker bees go, they have, so they live about 45 days and they have different stages of responsibilities. So if she isn't laying for whatever reason, she's sick or whatever, yes, they will start to make a new queen and they will kill her. Wow, they will kill that's, her. That's intense. I mean, I don't know how often that actually happens. The swarming is more of um, they will make a new queen, um, the existing queen, and about half of the hive will leave the parent hive, um, and they'll go off somewhere and and start um, all over again. Um, the queen that they made will hatch out. And then eventually she'll repeat the process. She'll go on her mating flight and that hive will, um, you know, that hive will grow and thrive, hopefully. So there's a lot. I mean, there's just so much to. Well, yeah, I knew, like, I knew that bees. would be the, I knew that would be the case with this conversation. That's why I was like super interested to have you on because there's, well, there's probably an endless amount of things we could talk about. So there is. <laughs> It sounds um, like the the community of bees are it's like a controlled chaos. Um to me like it's a, it's like chaotic because there's so many of them but they all know what they're doing. So they all know what they're doing. Right. What is so the as, role of a beekeeper? The role of the beekeeper is to provide housing. So um, we're giving them housing, um, depending what type of beekeeper you are. So there's backyard beekeepers, there's sideliners, there's commercial beekeepers. Um, you know, if you're running an actual business business, as opposed to a backyard beekeeper or a sideliner, um, you know, there's, there's just, I don't know where you want to go. There's just so much. So, so, okay, like, let me narrow it down to 
what your role is then? So I, because um, I live in the city, I was restricted by, um, restricted by the, um, the, the plot of land my house was on and where it was. So I was in the city. So I was restricted to having three hives on my property. Um, and I had three hives on my property. Plus I had hives elsewhere too, that weren't on my property and located right in the city. Right. Um, so did you have anybody like on your ass, like in your neighborhood that was like, yeah, the crazy fucking bee lady. I don't want, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I actually had, um, well, I mean, I had a neighbor, um, across the street when he found out he quit talking to me. Really? <laughs> yes. yes. What? She shouldn't have those bees. Those bees are coming over here. Oh, and one of he them. Okay. In his landscaping, there were no flowers. So, um, and then I had other neighbors. So, what's the like problem then? <laughs> he actually, he never talked to me. Uh, I mean, once he found out, and then we do have um, the state of Florida does have apiary inspectors, so bee inspectors. Um, and so when they came to inspect, I asked them if they would go and speak with the neighbors and they did, cause that's part of their job. And part of my job too, is to educate people. So, sure. um, so the neighbors, they were, they were fine and they were actually, well, you know, I didn't know that, um, with what they had learned from the inspector, but the, the guy who lived across the street from me, he just wanted he never spoke to me again. I mean, he would wave and I'm like, oh, is he like flipping me off? <laughs> or is he actually waving? That's so um, weird to me because like as scared of bees as I am, I would still be like cool with what you do, you know? Um, You know, I, I really don't know why because he just, he just didn't speak. I mean, he just stopped talking to me. Um, but Antisocial? Um, no, he was actually rather social prior to that. He just didn't think I should have them. And and there was no justification behind that. So I just, whatever. I mean... Dude, that's I, so weird to me because I would be like super interested if I had a beekeeper around me. I'd be like, dude, how and, do you deal with this? And most everybody is. I mean, if you are um, allergic, and when I say allergic, I mean an anaphylactic episode happens yeah um, you know where you can't breathe um you know that's understandable but he never gave any indication that he was allergic he just didn't want so i just you know when you when you live in a in a municipal area um you really have to you know manage your hives and make sure that they, they don't go ape shit and go around yeah Stinging yeah. people to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you need to know when to like split the hive off. And so, um, and I also do bee removals, um, although I limit to what I will actually do. Um, so that, that has a whole interesting um, set of stories with that. Um, Is that like, like you go and you remove bees that are being pests or what? Is like kind of like a form of pest control? 
Um, well, the bees will. Okay, so if you do not, if you do not split the hive yourself, in other words, if I manually in the spring or fall don't split that hive myself, by nature they will, and that is a swarm. That's called okay. a swarm. Okay. Okay. So the swarm ends up somewhere. And those bees, when they're looking, they send out scouts when they're looking for a new home. And they'll set up anywhere. So they'll set up in trees. They'll set up in the tiniest little crack you have in your house, underneath sheds, everywhere and anywhere. So those are the, um, you know, if, if they if they stay for longer than 72 hours and start building comb, there's a really good chance that they're going to stay. Um, Sometimes they land in a place and they don't feel it's safe. And then they'll send out scouts, which would be the worker bees to look for a new home. Um, So those are the bee removals um, that get done. So, um, and I don't do, do you, everything. <laughs> do you like relocate them? I will actually, um, yes. Because I, I, I wouldn't think that you being a beekeeper would want to like exterminate them. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Um, in Florida, um, you actually, a, a licensed exterminator can exterminate honeybees. So if you have somebody who chooses not to have them removed say you have them on your property um they can call an exterminator and have them exterminated now an exterminator isn't going to remove the mess left behind he's just going to exterminate okay Um, so when you explain that to people most people are like no i want to save the bees so what you're doing is you are um basically taking apart their home and um, putting it in oh, a, a container of some sort to transport it back to where you're going to set them up. Right. So if it was my house um, or my other bee yards, then, um, you know, I would set them up. Um, in Florida, we are required. So if you get a wild, like a wild hive or a wild swarm, because you don't know the genetics of the queen, um, we are required to requeen, meaning you need to go in and find that existing queen in there and you need to kill her. And then you need to purchase a queen from a queen breeder. And yes, there are, <laughs> there is such a thing as queen breeders. Queen breeders. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then that new queen, um, there's a process to that, but that new queen will be accepted by that hive. And then you have another hive. So you can start out with two hives. And then the next year, you're going to split those two hives. Now you have four hives. And then if you don't want four hives, well, then you need to sell them. (laughs) Sell whatever you don't want. Because the following year, those four hives you have, you have to split those. And then you're going to end up with eight hives. Excuse me. So you can grow to be really big um, or not. So it all depends on, you know, what you want right. and what you can handle because exactly. all those, all those you, hives, 
You can only have three hives in your municipality, right? So you have to control it to the point where it's not going to split too much, right? Um, well, I control the splits. So I can split it, you know, I can, out of an existing hive, I can get like three new, three hives out of it. So I can split it and then just buy queens and then turn around and gr let that hive grow and then turn around and, and sell it to somebody who wants to become a beekeeper, okay. which moves into another area because I also mentor people who want to become beekeepers. That's so cool. So there, there, there is a lot to it. You stay and, busy, I'm sure. <laughs> and that doesn't even take into consideration the, you know, harvesting the honey because that is a lot of work. I do that manually. Um, by the crush and strain method. So you're just scraping the wax um, and the honey into a triple filter and letting it drain. There is, um, you know, equipment you can buy to do that for you. Um, I don't because I'm, you know, I'm small. Um, so I do it by hand. So mm. The more hives you have, the more responsibility you have. Right. So, and um, that was another question that was that came to mind. What do uh, what are the hives made of, and how do they make them? Um. Well, there's a. They always look terrifying to me. I see a hive fucking gone. I'll give you. <laughs> I'll give you what the state of Florida says that we have to have. Um, because I am a registered beekeeper in the state of Florida. State of Florida says I have to have hives that are inspectable, meaning they need to be able to go in and pull out a frame and observe and take any samples or anything. So that means And that, what's the point of that? Um we are well there are diseases. There are diseases. Um, that they can transfer are, to humans? Um, no, they can transfer it to other hives. Okay, so, okay, okay. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. but So that's a good thing that they're inspecting then because they don't want other bees to be killed off by a disease, right? Correct, correct. Mm. And, and typically when you see pictures of beehives, you see how close together they are or they can right. be. If you've ever seen pictures of um beehives like on a pallet you know there's usually four or six hives and they are very close together so when the bees come back by the the pheromone that their queen gives off that's how they know which hive to return to okay so but also when you have hives that close you know anything you got ants Those you've got the pheromones would probably be uh, the pheromones would probably be uh, mixed mixed around, right? If you no. have hives too close together, or no? No. Okay. No. Each queen gives off her own particular pheromone, and the worker bees know what that is, and they know which hive to return to. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Mm hmm. So there. So like I said, there are there are diseases and, and all that. So you, um, you know, the inspector does inspect. So, and they can take samples, um, 
you know, there are, there's something uh, referred to as Africanized genetics um, in Florida. We can have that. And if you have a hive that has um, Africanized genetics, you probably want to kill that queen and requeen with, from a breeder, a queen breeder, um, a queen that does not have those genetics. This is going to sound very. The, this is going to sound very elementary, but why? They are. <laughs> I mean, they will just. They're. They're vile. <laughs> they were. They're, they're. They're just vile. I mean, they will oh. sting. They. They are. Um, they're just attack. Okay. They just attack. And in and, my experience, I have had them. Um, in my experience, um, an Africanized, and, and I'm not saying that the entire hive is Africanized. I'm saying she has some genetics in her. I don't know what the percentage is, but um, from what I've personally seen, those types of hives do not produce a lot of honey. And I don't know why. Oh. It's just my experience. So I did have one in particular. I would just walk up near it and they would just come out and just attack me. Um, really? It yeah. They, they exist just to like kill and not produce. <laughs> Uh, well, thank oh. you. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're the more feral kind of bee, apparently. I think, right? Um, well, it's an actually it's an actual genetic, from my understanding. So, um, so in that case, I had to go into a very large hive, and I had to go in and find the queen, um, which I did, and I got stung up pretty good, even though I was suited up, and I had to kill her. Um, and when you do that, you need to wait. Um, it's good to wait like a day. Um, but if you're in a hurry, <laughs> then you wait at least four hours before you install the new queen. Okay. And the new queen, the new queen is in a cage. Um, so the existing bees, um, the prior queen's pheromones take time to dissipate. So the new queen is in a cage and has that cage has a candy plug to it. And it is made up of um, confectioner sugar and water and, and into a, like a, a ball that's stuffed in. And so you install the queen in and she's inside the cage in the new hive and it usually takes the worker bees. They're going to eat that candy plug. And when they do, um, it usually they takes a couple of days. That they, they become, know that that's the queen. Yes. They become yeah. accustomed now to her, her pheromones, her scent. And they accept her when she actually comes out. Wow. So. And then the new queen is crowned. Do you give your queens it, names? I do not. I do not. <laughs> I, I, see, I, I was thinking not. that. I was like, dude, she's got it. She's probably naming the queens. <laughs> I would. Because you can't name all the bees, so you might as well just name the queens, right? <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I just don't. 
Do you just there's, not want to get too attached to but, them? Because you know the, they're gonna be dead anyway. <laughs> well, either that or the the turnover. <clears throat> you know, like I had my three hives at my house that were stationary that stayed there. Everything else that came, unless they were like the queen was an exceptional performer, meaning she's laying like crazy and they're making honey. I, you know, I didn't, I would sell those, sell those, you know, hives off because I had a limit. And then in the other areas where I had the bees, like I said, it can grow and, the bigger it grows, the more responsibility you have and the more work you have. Right. So, and then you're constantly getting calls for bee removals and then you have to take the honey and then you have to, you know, if you don't have all the equipment, you have to get more equipment. So you need to make sure you have enough equipment for what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and equipment is, is, not cheap so i wouldn't imagine <laughs> not even even before all this i mean it was not cheap so yeah yeah um and then there's taking care of your equipment i mean there is so much to it and then there's cleaning the wax because the wax is valuable um you can use it for cosmetic purposes you oh, can you make well, yeah for sure yeah candles um you know lip you know you got this guy, like, you know, Burt's Bees, right? Yes. Yeah. Is this one guy that just made an empire for himself? Or did he have a team? <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure eventually he had a team. Do you have a team right now? Or is it I, do not. I, wow. I do not. I do not have a team. No. So that's why I say it's You're self-sustaining so through this. It's a process of how much can you, how much can you have, and how much can you actually handle if you're yep. doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I keep that very small. And then you also have honey, so now you got to move the honey. <laughs> you got to. Right. So it is. It's a. Um, a continuous process. And although swarm season in Florida and South Florida is basically year round, um, it's it's like you, you get a break maybe for a couple of months and that's it. And then it re- then the process starts all over again. So is this your full time gig? Um it's it's you don't you don't of, detail it, about it, but just I'm just wondering. It, it's sort of um what I do, yeah, for the most part, yeah. So, so what do you do in the off season then? Um, right now, I so there are, um, there are honey shows, and they are usually um, go along with like county fairs, um, or we have something here in Florida, and I think they have it in Georgia called Bee College, where you go to the university sponsoring it or whoever's sponsoring it and you go for a day or two and they bring in the professionals and there are different topics that are covered and they have something called a honey show. Um, and so I am actually in the process of becoming a Welsh honey judge. So each honey show has their own, um, 
criteria of what can what is going to be shown in the show and it's it's always honey um it's always some kind of edible cake made from honey um always candles and then they could add whatever they want in there so I started this process in 2019 and then when COVID hit um you know they weren't really doing having any um honey shows so I recently came back from Panama City. So unfortunate um, with all the uh, businesses <laughs> that shut down needlessly, you know? Right. Um, and so now I am actually preparing to take the test. So it's a um, it's an oral exam, but I have a portfolio that I have to present to um the panel that is going to test me okay um so i am in the process now of finishing up my portfolio and studying up on what i need to know and will probably take my test in march um so what does that get me well hopefully i pass and then um I can be a judge at honey shows. So um, you could just and do an internet is, search and see if there's a honey show anywhere and you, and you, you can go to them. I mean, yeah. you can, if you know a beekeeper or beekeepers can submit entries and basically you have judges that are judging your entry and or your entries. Okay. So, that brings up a question for me. What determines the best quality of honey? Mm. Basically your palate. What do you like? <laughs> so it's like a crapshoot then, right? It really is. It, yeah. it really, I mean, it really, I'll be honest with you. It really is. Um, just, I'm going to just throw a couple things out there when they, when they ship, or when they transport bees to California to pollinate the almonds, I've never tried the almond honey, but from what I understand, it is absolutely, it's horrible. It tastes horrible. For the palate, yeah. So uh, that is not something you would want to harvest. You would want to leave it for the bees to feed off of that because they will eat it. Right. Um, the other honey I tried was predominantly cotton and that was horrible <laughs> that was just but horrible. Do you think, okay you know how like if you eat like some of the most horrible tasting vegetables and shit but they're like they're so good for you <laughs> right? right same with honey um you gotta wonder like if cotton honey tastes so horrible that it might be the best for you right because you don't want to get like what is it uh like Billy B and shit, right? Because that's like mass-produced shit, right? Mass, yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know, how I'll answer that to be safe um, is just to say, so if you live in a region where cotton is produced, right, and you have allergies um, and you might be allergic to cotton, then you would want to consume cotton um, honey that was comes from cotton. Really? Because 
Yes. So if you have allergies, you want to eat local honey. Um, if you haven't been tested for specific allergies, um, you want to eat local honey because there's a good chance whatever you're allergic to, they have foraged on and it's in the honey. And okay. it, that makes it sense. Can, yeah. So you could, if you don't know, I mean, you could start off with um, a half a teaspoon a day um, and build up. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of answer it like that. So like, and also kinda like, like kind of like an immunity to your allergy. Right. Right. So like um, probably one of the strongest is like buckwheat. It's very, very strong. Um, like buckwheat honey? Buckwheat honey. Okay. Very, very, very strong. Um, and I'm trying to think. Um, Tupelo honey. I've tried. I have some of that. Um, I think that there's a band very- called that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, Tupelo honey is specific to um, northern Florida and Georgia, up in the Panhandle area, and that is actually sent out to be tested for the percentage of Tupelo in the honey. So the bees bees typically just don't forage on one thing unless they're placed like in an almond grove, and in a 10 mile radius that's all there is is almonds or if you put them in an apple orchard and that's all there is is apples um it 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 just really depends on on what your palate is like so i i was um stewarding at the most recent honey show with a judge and uh, the judge tasted some honey and said it tasted like it was burnt. And oh, that, wow. would be Im- that would be impossible. Um, <laughs> that would be impossible. I'll just say that. So well, you don't again, cook, it, it, right. It, it, it's your palate. What do you like? What do you prefer? Um, do you like a strong honey? Do you like, what do you, you know, it's, it's, basically going to be your preference yeah that's why i find like like if you you if you were to become a judge you you already have in mind that you are that judging honey is subjective to the palate right so it's just like any judge it's like it's it's a subjective point of view it's like you can't just judge it and make it your thing because you're the judge right but that's well, there's That's there's criteria, right? There's there's judging criteria. Okay. And so, if you follow the judging criteria, and yes, you're you're going you're you're going to judge it. Um, and I don't know how I do it. Is I mean, I may have a preference for a certain type of honey, and I may not like another certain type, but. Coming from upstate New York, we had like buckwheat honey. I mean, we had strong honey. Um, down here in Florida, we've got different types of honey depending on where you go in the state. So I'm pretty flexible. 
what I would be looking for is the honey starting to ferment. Um, does it have an off flavor? Um, like if it's is, left too long kind of thing? No, because honey is good forever. But I'll just use an example. If you use like a floral or other scented dishwashing detergent and you don't rinse it out, <laughs> you don't rinse it all out, um, that perfume that perfume detergent that you used or dishwashing liquid that you use can stay behind and maybe leave residue. And that is going to make your honey not taste the way that you think it's it an, would. Right. Right. So there's, and, and we did have some of that. So, and it, and it is, was is later. That, is that like off putting to the palate? Uh, you, you could you could taste that something was off. Oh. So um, after the judging was complete, and the next day the the entrance, you know, they some of them want to talk to the, you know, they want to talk, they want to ask why why didn't I place? Why didn't I do well? And so oh. on those where we had marked the card, it had an off flavor. Um, I want to say most of the people had used some type of scented, you know, everything is so heavily scented today. So they had used like a whatever. Um, like to the smell or the, to the taste? To, uh, both. Both, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, either, you know, if they ran the jar through the dishwasher or if they washed it by hand and they didn't get all the the residue out that stayed in the jar and then they added honey to it. So now you've got, you know, your honey tastes like Dawn. <laughs> Just oh, walking to That's horrible. <laughs> I mean, but these are things. And so when I asked them, you know, um, you know, what, you know, how did you, how did you clean your jar? Um, they answered their own question. So, so that would actually have the honey that, that would take perfectly good honey that they put into a jar that, um, that they kind of ruined the taste, right. the taste and the, and the, and the fragrance. So what's that, what's that honey? That's like, it's like, not like, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, translucent, but it's more like a paste. Is it manuka? Are you thinking of manuka honey? No, manuka. Manuka is like oh, that's another question I wanted to get onto. But after that, before that, um, no, there's like there's like the honey, like there's like the golden honey that you just buy, right? And then the, and then there's the the honey that's like you can't see through it. It's like oh. kind of like creamed honey or whipped honey yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so that is that's another podcast because that's a whole big long explanation (laughs) but you but you are taking you are taking your honey and um and, and basically whipping it with um a starter and and the starter can be different 
things um and you're whipping it until you get it like the consistency not of peanut butter but um spreadable yes like spreadable honey that's probably but that what is I'm a that is a whole nother topic but yes there, there not, is probably not too good for you health wise oh no it's fine because it's it's pure honey it's just okay. been it's been whipped um and then depending on which recipe you follow i think it all i made it once and mine was an epic failure i mean it just failed it looked beautiful um but it failed and i haven't tried it since um it looked beautiful but did it taste good um and why did it how, like why did it fail so I use. So we are going to go into this thing. I use. Yeah, why not? We got lots of time. The starter, the starter that you use, and and so you could equate that maybe to like um, a yeast starter for bread. You're gonna have. You're gonna use something to start as a starter for um, creamed or whipped honey. So you can actually use a store bought jar of creamed or whipped honey as your starter and okay. then you use your own honey and then you're going to make like the, um, the mother batch okay and then from there you're going to use that to make cream your own creamed honey so you can use store-bought you can use um crystallized honey you can use that you can um, break down the crystals and use that to make it again i made it once i used i used creamed honey that was from it was orange blossom creamed honey from italy and for whatever reason it separated um not really sure why but it it looked really pretty um i really don't remember how it tasted and it just it just didn't work for me for for whatever reason it separated so. too much it did yeah so mm. um august and september in in south florida and <laughs> central florida um it's brutal um it's just brutal and the humidity is really high so if you try to i think that's probably when i did it because i had also made a honey cake to enter one year and I was supposed to bake it for 50 minutes and at 50 minutes it hadn't even risen and we were having like a thunderstorm and the humidity was probably 200%. Wow. <laughs> so I think the humidity, you know, has something to do with, you know, with when I made it. it, it just didn't work out, but yes, it works great because you can just take a spoon and eat it right out of the jar or you can put it on, Whatever you want to put it on. Toast or whatever, yeah. Toast, waffles, whatever. So there are just so many uses for honey. I'll give you another one. You can cut yourself and you can take some honey, use a spoon, take a little bit of honey out and smear it on your cut and watch it. Within, I'd say, 30 minutes or so, the cut will stop bleeding and your cut will start to close up. Like it, it has healing factors. 
Yes. But this would be honey that you got from your local beekeeper, not something no, you bought. Not Billy B. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be something that you bought out of your local. So, so what's the problem with like, like mass produced honey? Um, the problem, um, well, that honey is okay. So they're using equipment to bottle it, um, process it, and in order for it to move, it needs to be heated, and it's it's heated at a temperature where basically all the nutrients are destroyed. So you're wow, you're buying sugar, pretty much, right? Yeah. So like I explained earlier, I do a crush and strain method. It's a lot of work, I'll be honest with you. And I'm just scraping it off and I'm crushing it. It's never heated. It's never treated with anything. Um, it, when I'm done with it, it sits for 24 to 48 hours and drips into the bucket. And then it gets jarred up. So, but in a commercial, in a commercial um, facility, it's moving through lines and it's heated and it's liquid. And then it, and I forgot the temperature where if you heat it over that, it gets destroyed. And most honey is heated at that temperature or higher in order for it to move through the lines. So, so they can why, why can they just why can they just not find a different method to make it more pure? Because you're talking about mass production. I mean, fuck, man! You're like, talking about mass, mass, mass production. Also, I, I mean, there's been some good. Um, I can't remember if um, what shows might have been something on Netflix where you'll have a honey producer and I won't use any names, but just like a big name company that will buy honey from different um, smaller producers and they're buying it by the barrel and then they're blending the honey. So you may have some honey that uh, maybe it doesn't taste that wonderful. And then you've got some great tasting honey. Well, if you blend them together, then you've got something that's palatable right and it gets bottled and it gets sold so but it's not the best for you no the best for you is from your local beekeeper in your neighborhood or community or city and and what are some of the health benefits of honey like good actual like good honey (laughs) (laughs) uh well well, we went through the, the healing factors, the healing properties. The, the, the first uh, one about like ingestion, um, like ingesting it, uh, does that have healing properties? And what else, what other benefits does it have? Well, you're going to have, if you have allergies, it can, it can definitely um, help you maybe alleviate some of those or help you identify because if you're eating the honey and uh, and when I say that you're taking a spoon and taking it without heating it up um, 
Which if is, have a- in my opinion, this is the best way. Right. So um, I, have- I like I like peanut butter with honey on a on a piece of bread. That's on a favorite. piece of bread. Okay. Yeah. So if you have allergies and you start eating honey, and then you notice those allergies have they're not as bad or they disappear, well then you know that the honey helped you. Um, honey for a sore throat. Oh yeah, that's um, that's that's a big one for me too. Honey, like I said, on a cut. If you have a cut, um, I watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it closes. It'll it's like close visible right to the eye. Like like if you were to watch the moon on like a, a timed, like a time timing uh, video or whatever, where it like sped up. It's like yeah. you can see the healing process at work right away. I- I've actually cut my arm and just put it on there. I'm just sitting there and just watching it stop bleeding and close up. And then, That's of course, eventually you're gonna you're gonna wash the honey off, and it and and the cut didn't reopen. And I've done that right. several. I've done that several times. It's not like um, it's it's making it stick together. It's it's actually healing you. It's actually healing it. Yes. Yeah. So growing up. Um, in upstate New York and we had like a lot of snow and cold and when we got sick as kids um, <laughs> we had hot water with lemon and honey and we drank that and then if that didn't work we had another cup of it or mug of it and if that didn't work and well then mom gave us Robitussin so <laughs> <laughs> That was, or if you had the sniffles, or if you, you know, if you got a cold, even if you got a cold, I mean, we had the chicken noodle soup, um, along with the honey and lemon in hot water. Um, so you can use it as a sweetener. Um, the Tupelo honey, I believe uh, diabetics can use that because of the not really sure. I don't know. I didn't get into the whole thing on um, why it's better for diabetics than than regular honey. Um, you can use it. It's a natural sugar, I guess. Well, it all is, but the the level of it or something, I'm, I'm not really sure, so I don't want to speak on something I'm not really Do sure you know, My dad is diabetic, and he eats more sweets than I do. <laughs> Because um, I live, dad, I'd live with my dad, and he's like semi-disabled, right? Okay. But it's funny because he's always like, "Oh, I bought you brownies and I bought you cookies." I'm like, "Okay, well, those are yours, not mine." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Give him buy him a jar of local honey. Um, you can use honey to bake with, so you can use it. Um. One of my entries I made, I made a carrot cake from scratch and it had like five ingredients in it and the sweetener was honey. And then for the icing on it, it was, I used honey and cream cheese, then a little bit of salt and, and that sounds fine. And I mean, it's, it was so light and so you could taste everything you could taste the carrots you could taste the the honey you could taste the cinnamon because there were so few ingredients so there are but it's all it's all like um it's all like 
separated from each other in within the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll tell you, pardon me. Consistency wise, it's all separated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably tell you like the weirdest thing, but you need to try it. So growing up, my dad, um, we had a little garden and we one of the things he grew were cucumbers and we would take cucumbers and slice them up into rounds and dip them in honey so you need to try that just slice off some cucumbers dip it in honey and try it and i guarantee it you'll like it interesting the 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 problem that i have with cucumbers is that if i eat like one or two slices that's all I can taste for the rest of the day. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just me, but like that's the problem I have with cucumbers. Pickles I'm fine with. It's the same about, thing, but they're they're pickled, right? But yeah. if I How eat about, a couple slices of cucumber, I'm screwed for the day because I, I just burp and when I, whenever I burp, it's like, oh man, the cucumber I had this morning, like eight hours ago, I can still taste it. Have you tried the English cucumbers, the ones that are wrapped in the plastic? I might have. I'm not sure. Those are supposed to be burpless because hmm. they're kind of seedless, too. So you might want to try those. But, I mean, it is just something that, you know, my dad would just put out on a plate and that would be like a snack. We would yeah. have it as a snack. So, there are there there's there's all kinds of recipes. There's cocktails you can make with honey. Um, I mean, there's just so many. It's very diverse. It's a very diverse mm-hmm. substance. Very diverse, and it never ever never ever spoils, as long as it was harvested um, at at least you know a minimum of eighteen percent moisture. Um, so Here's as long probably- as that. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. As long as that honey was capped, meaning that the bees put a wax cap on it and reduce the moisture content, that honey will never, ever, ever spoil. It may crystallize, and when it crystallizes, you could take a bowl of, or a pan of warm, not hot, but warm water, and the crystals will melt, and then your honey is liquid again. That's but it awesome. will never, ever, ever spoil. That's so cool. It is. What do you? What is it? Oh, oh my god! There's so many questions I like that keep coming to my mind. Um. Okay, this is probably a deep question, but what is honey, and how is it made by the bees? Oh boy! Now you want me to get into technical. <laughs> and, and <I> <laughs> Um, I heard it was okay. vomit. When, when the well, they actually have a honey stomach, and they have a regular stomach. Mm-hmm. So there is a pouch for the nectar. It's actually nectar. So when they go out to forage, they're foraging for nectar. They're foraging for pollen, water, and like tree sap. So those are the things that they forage for and bring back to the hive. Okay. Um, so well, I, so when they're around garbage cans, I guess they're, what are they getting? Uh, there's just so many, dude. Like, 
I work at like uh, for a corporation. I don't like to say the company name, but when I'm changing the garbages, I'm always like, fuck, like bees, like I'm freaked out, right? They're always around garbage. Probably um, some spilled soda. Or they're they're there for the sugar. They're there for the sugar. Yes. Something, something sweet. Um, Or, or if there's any kind of plants or shrubs or anything around there, um, they could be foraging off of that. But usually it's going to be like spilled soda um, because they'll go after that. Um, Like a melted chocolate bar or something. No, no, no. More, more liquid, like the most, uh, probably like the, the most liquefied substance with sugar in it. Yes. Which okay. would be just any kind of, you know, soda. Like when we, when we have our booth at the fair, um, it's during the winter, but I mean, it's warm and the soda machines, the soda fountains, you know how it drips, the overflow drips. Well, the bees come out because it's sugar. I mean, they're picking up all that sugar. Um, Of course, people don't like that. You're trying to fill up your soda cup and, and, you know, you're competing with the bees. Um, (laughs) So it's going to be the sugar probably would be my guess or something sweet. Or um, the other thing is if it's been dry and, and there's a puddle or something or somebody spilled water, um, you know, they also take in water. They bring water back to the hive too. Sure, sure. So, and then that goes into their their uh, separate stomach when they mm-hmm. take it in, right? And yeah. they bring and it then, back. And then, so uh, going back to earlier, what I was saying, the worker bees have throughout their short life, they have different jobs to do, and so the bees that are actually out foraging will come back to the hive and transfer let's say they're bringing nectar and they're going to transfer the nectar to another bee and then that bee they know what to use it for so there is um there's other things that go on in the hive so they need water and pollen and this would be a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Might have to get you on for a part but, two. <laughs> but typically, the four things, the four things that they're bringing in are going to be pollen, um, pollen, water. and then um, nectar, water, and sap. So sap from right. trees to make propolis, which is. Again, they use that in the hive to seal off entrances. So those are really the four things that they bring back. The propolis, they have um, like pills for that too now, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. And what does that do for for the, the human body? It has a lot of health benefits. So there's also tinctures as well of propolis. Um, a lot of healing. A lot of healing. Good for your immune system. Inflammation, that kind of thing? Yes. Cool. Yes. And, and like the, so like they're mass producing these bee propolis 
uh, pills and whatnot. And is that, do you think there's a better way of uh, intaking that as opposed um, to buying the mass produced shit? I, I've done it. Um, I make a tincture. So what you're doing is your uh, propolis is very sticky. And so you're scraping that off and I would just scrape it off and then throw it in the freezer and leave it in the freezer until I had enough. And then I just picked a jar. Um, and I just, I, I just dropped the whole thing into the jar with like some rum. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And then you try to break it down. So when, when the bees come back, they bring back, you know, there, there could be foreign objects in there. What's a foreign object? Um, you know, a leg, um, part of a, <laughs> something from the tree. Um, body parts. <laughs> a body part, right. So it's, and, and a lot of that stuff is in the propolis. So there is a way to, I guess you can freeze dry it or whatever. I just take, it, it looks like a glob of, I, I don't even know how to just, a brown glob and i just dropped it in like i said a, a jar a wide mouth jar um and just started letting it sit in there and the alcohol um will help break it down and then when i didn't you know if i didn't feel good or i started getting like a sore throat or something just want just mix it up shake it up and just one teaspoon and usually took care of the issue so that's pretty wild so, would you say like like a daily intake of propolis would be a good thing um you can uh, you you can so um or would you treat you know, it more like an echinacea kind of thing where like you feel an onset of <clears throat> your body body detoxifying itself which i think is colds and shit and covid is um but um do you think that it has any benefit for you if you're not sick? Sure. Um, I mean, I follow somebody on Instagram and he um, speaks a lot and cooks a lot. And um, he uses a spray um, that has propolis in it because he says, he goes, my mouth and my throat get dried out from constantly talking. Mm hmm. So he uses that, and he's like, it soothes my like throat. Like a, a throat coat kind of thing. It's probably yeah. good for um, vocalists. Yes. So it can provide, um, you know, um, on the spot. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're at work or whatever, and you have it in a spray form, um, you can do that. The tincture is going to be the only way I know how to do it is alcohol based. So if you don't want the alcohol, um, then you probably want to, you know, buy the spray, the, a, the, the pill form, or, um, I'm not really familiar with that. So I don't know what other mystery ingredients could be in there. Um, right. I believe it's Jameson, you know, Jameson. Yeah. Yeah, I think they make uh, the pill, but I don't know if it's um, like a capsule with liquid in it or if it's, it can't be dried, right? It can be. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, if you wanted to, you can, I mean, I could pop the lid off the hive and scrape off some propolis and start chewing on it. Wow. I could do that. I mean, I don't, but I could. Um, Like I said, I would just normally collect it when I had enough to put in, you know, like a 16 ounce jar and then whatever alcohol. Right, right. Well, I had laying around. Me being a quote unquote conspiracy theorist, (laughs) uh, I prefer the term, um, you know, free individual thinker, uh, you know. Um, but I'm always wary and skeptical of anything that's sold on the market, like in a, in a mass kind of form, right? So, like going and just go going to buy like the Jameson pills of B propolis. It's like it, it it makes me wary and skeptical, right? So, this it's, it's it's a huge learning process, you know. Like you have to be you have to think about everything that's sold on the market because is it good for you or is it just mass produced bullshit, right? So or, that's why I'm questioning you on the whole propolis thing. Right. Or or it could just have a different name. So for me, like 10 years ago, I learned the hard way that I'm actually allergic to yeast. Oh shit. Of no all bread things, for just you. Out of the blue. So no bread, no pizza, no nothing that has yeast in it. How can so I that, slit so, my throat right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, although I want to say I'm not a beer drinker, but I did have a beer like a few years ago and it was a Corona and it didn't bother me. So I'm just going to say this is like Baker's yeast and like autolyzed yeast extract. And, um, and so I am a label reader and because I have to, so I'm just sure. I'm to the point now, if it has more than 10 ingredients, I am not going to read the label. I'm just going to put it back. Sure. So basically anything that is um, processed, um, you know, they use different words, different names, just like I learned um, when you look at the ingredients and you see the words natural flavors there only has to be one ingredient that is the natural flavor. So let's right. say, let's say vanilla, right? It says natural flavors and let's say vanilla. They use real vanilla as the one ingredient. The rest of it can be MSG. It could be anything. Oh, for and, sure, dude. And they don't have to tell you what it is. Yeah. So, because I will, I've ended up in the hospital um, because I ate stuff that had yeast in it and I did not know. And yes, my breathing was really, really affected. So where it's, where anything says natural flavors, I just put it back on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I don't want it. I don't know what it is. It's well, kind of like a, some uh, uh, marketing gimmick, right? Um, no, it's just, actually, it's just a way for them to get, like, the Food and Drug Administration to get around. Okay, um, right. Not having the company 
disclose all of the ingredients. It's like they're not being held accountable for whatever they're putting out there. Right. Which which is kind of horrible because my sister is allergic to soy and soy and soy lecithin is in everything. You hear that, soy boys? (laughs) (laughs) Beta soy boys? So, I, I mean, it's so I am a label reader. Um, and I just, I, you know, to me, like I said, I've ended up in the hospital a couple times and it, it really sucks when you can't breathe. Um, so if I don't know what's in there, um, I'm not buying it. You may put it in your body. I'm not. So if I want pizza, I have to make it from scratch at home with the ingredients that you know are not going to harm you correct yeah correct yep so i have you know i i just really i don't have it um no bread um did it take for you to get to know yourself that way in regards to your body what was the first part of that i didn't Oh, sorry. Um, how long did it take you for you to uh, know yourself when it comes to what it is you're putting into your body, like what you can't handle, you know, what you can't oh, handle? This, this, this was actually horrible. This took like a year and a half. So I went and had allergy tests done, right? They prick your skin. And so I found out what I was allergic to environmentally. And then I went to uh, my doctor and she did like, there's 20, the 20 generic things that they can do a blood test and everything came back negative. And so I had for work, not this work, but my other life, um, I had to go out of town and we were eating out everywhere. And so I couldn't breathe. And I had an inhaler with me from when I had had, bronchitis previously and i'm using the inhaler and the inhaler is not working and i'm like you know gasping for air sure and so i spoke with my doctor and she's like let's do the blood test we do those those come back fine and then i just went back and i had the receipts to all the restaurants we had been to right and so i started I started uh, looking and, and, and so I kind of remembered what I ate and I wrote everything down. I'm like, well, what's the common denominator here? Well, a lot of it was bread. So we had gone somewhere for pizza. We went somewhere for sandwiches. We went somewhere and had like bread and you dip it in the olive oil. Um, somewhere else where there was like crackers. And I'm like, well, that seems to be the dominant thing so i knew i wasn't allergic to gluten um and so by process of elimination um i figured out it was the yeast by process so crazy to me because yeast is like the biological part of the bread right yeah Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have I went out for happy hour one night and I had they had little slices of pizza and then they also had um, like meatballs and sauce 
and I had some pizza and meatballs and sauce. The next day, I couldn't, I woke up in the morning, I'm like, you know, gasping. I go to work anyway. And then I ended up leaving work and I went to the emergency room. And I did, I did call the restaurant and I asked them what their ingredients were. And in that case, the, the common denominator, the meatballs had breadcrumbs in them, which had yeast. And of course, the pizza now has yeast. <laughs> so that sucks. That's it. And um, I'm trying to think. I probably haven't had it like accidentally um, in at least probably a year and a half. So that's wild. But it, it's not it's it's not it's not fun so no no so i am a label reader so what what is in you know what's in all the processed foods that are out there there's a lot of mystery mystery and now and and now we got mystery meat too right yeah (laughs) yeah we got like we got burger king and all these other fucking fast food places uh, putting in, you know, installing their um, on their menu like Beyond Burger, and it's like I don't want anything that's beyond me, you know. Like I don't want to have a burger that tastes like it's cardboard when there's vegetables in it, you know. Right. Like, have you ever seen the movie Soylent Green? Of course. It's made out of fucking people. Yes. (laughs) So I, so I'm just like, uh, let's, let's get it for conspiracy, conspiratorial aspects of what it is that you do and why it is that you do it. Like, when did you become first aware of like this world going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket? When did I? Yeah. Ah, gosh. Let's see. Um, I would say there there was a case here in Florida. I don't know if you heard of it, uh, Casey Anthony. Yes, I have. Yes. Okay. Um, and and so you know the story, right? Her toddler daughter was found deceased six months after she never reported her missing right um so i had gone with friends to orlando to actually join the search parties to look for the remains um yeah after that um there was a online forum called topics at uh, T-O-P-I-X and well, well first of all there was like Fox News used to have like their own forum and then everybody kind of migrated to topics because on topics you could you could you could say whatever you wanted to say nothing was you know uh, no, uh, you, nothing was uh, restricted yeah I mean towards the end you know, people are like, I'm going to sue you for saying that, but I mean, it, it's just, 
you know. So there were several different forums that I participated in regarding Casey Anthony. Um, and within those and some others came up the Illuminati and and also um, the sex trafficking and child sex trafficking, especially here oh. in Florida. So then you started going down rabbit holes, right? Yeah. 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 So that was, let's see, that was probably 2000, 2008 is when the Casey Anthony story started, I think. That debacle. Um, so that was my intro because on, and, and topics is no longer, one day it was there. And I mean, I, I mean, we had people in our, in this, in these different forums from like all over the world and you know so and you don't know who anybody is because everybody's kind of anonymous right sort of sort of although we did figure out who some people were but <laughs> that was my intro because there were so many different topics on topics so not just casey anthony but um there were a lot of people posting in there and they're like, oh, she's, you know, part of the Illuminati and her daughter was part of the um, child sex trafficking. Oh, for and, and I'm like, you know, no. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, no. I mean, yeah. no. Um, no. It's definitely prevalent. You know, it's, it's very uh <sighs> You know, and 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 in terms of like, uh, you know, the child pornography and everything out there, there's girls that are like tagged and shit, and they're used to, uh, you know, it's it's fucking horrible. It, it it really is. So that was my introduction, and a lot of it I just didn't believe. There was one person who we believed was like part of. Um, like Casey Anthony's team, it was like a plant that, and the person was always on there. Is and this? Just, do you think it was like um like an FBI or CIA agent um, or guy that was involved with it? Um, no, I think maybe something, someone governmental. Right, right, like CIA so, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, right. and this this person, I mean, I went. Which is oh, fine. Well, I think it's fine. I mean, I had there. battles with this person. He's like, because he kept saying Illuminati, Illuminati. And I'm like, you know, you know, we have here we have like um, a single mother who lives with her parents who doesn't report her, her, you know, 30, whatever she was, 32 month old daughter missing. And, and I actually happened to be in Orlando the day. So I, I get to, for work, I had to be up there and I get to my hotel room. I turn the TV on and it's Casey Anthony and her mother and the police and there's a missing toddler. Right. So that was, that was my introduction, but it was mainly on those forums because there was so much information um and, and just things that I'm was learning and reading about and I'm like this can't be this can't be true this can't be true but 
Well, yeah, it's, it's, it a feels lot of it. unbelievable, especially if you haven't, if your eyes have been closed to it for so long. You know, like I, I'm single, I don't have any kids, but like I know that there's a lot of this shit going on, you know, like it's, it's too fucking much to take in sometimes. And, you know, I don't know what your status is with marriage or kids, but um, it it seems to be in the, in the conspiracy community, especially the podcasting community, there's quite a few people that don't have kids, but they're aware of what's going on in reality, you know, and a lot of people close their eyes off to, uh, the fact that these things are possible. Um, you're you're right, but I also see where people are coming around. Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. so far. They're so far behind. Um, they're just so far behind. But I mean, I have an awareness. So when you know, when I leave the house or leave anywhere. You know, I'm aware of my surroundings and what people sure. are doing and just, yep. you know, but I'm also the type of person like, you know, if there's like, if I'm in the grocery store and because women have a habit of doing this, they leave their handbag or their purse in, in the shopping cart and then they wander off to look at something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll go over to them or I'll wheel their you know, the um, her over to them. And I'm like, please don't leave your hand back. Oh, I was just grabbing this. I said, I could have grabbed your purse. I could have grabbed your purse. And if yeah. I could have done that, I said, anybody else could have. Oh my God, I didn't think about that. So, well, well listen to this. I was, I was at work one day and somebody came up to me. This, this lady, she came up to me. She's by herself. She said, look at this. This child is sitting here in this shopping cart by himself, and I don't know where her his parents are. And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right? So her and I stayed with the child for like a good ten minutes, and nobody was to be found. Oh my god! And I fucking I went on the walkie-talkie and I told my supervisor there's this kid here and he's by himself in a shopping cart sitting in the seat and I don't know where his parents are right and then yeah and 10 minutes later as I was ready to call the police (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. this guy comes out of nowhere and and he goes up to the shopping cart and I'm like, sir, you left your child unattended for like 10 minutes. We were standing here and he was like an immigrant or something like Indian or something. And he's like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, well, you better know because you can't fucking leave your child like that unattended for 10 minutes in this busy, busy fucking store. Right. Right. And I was fucking mad. And the guy just like, stormed off with his kid in the cart and he's like i don't know i don't know i don't know what you're saying and he's like leaves i'm like it unbelievable maybe it wasn't even his maybe it wasn't even his kid i mean there it was there's there's just so much 
to be aware of. I mean, when just when you leave your house, I mean, because there's just so much going on in the world. Um, and there's like a lot of really, really, really bad people. And a lot so, of fucking retards, too, that have no idea how to parent <laughs> their kids. Like, um, like it, it, seriously, it, it, you're going to leave your kid unattended. And he was, he was like two miles down when he came around the corner. I'm like, why are you leaving your kid unattended like that? That's fucked up. And, and, and kid, he, this kid, I was like questioning the kid. I'm like, Where's your dad? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like. And the kid wasn't crying? No, he was just sitting there. He's probably like three, three, four years old. That's really messed up. Yeah, it was totally messed up. And when the the guy came and I I questioned him and he took off, I was still there with with the girl that saw this kid who told me about it. And she was like, can you fucking believe that that just happened? I'm like, no, I can't. Even if like, I don't have kids, but if I did, I certainly wouldn't fucking do that. You know? Right. Well, it's a good thing you were there to, I don't know. Anybody could grab that kid. There's um, there's a video. I don't know if you saw Chick-fil-A somewhere where I, and I don't know the backstory on it, but there, uh, I guess somebody was in line or a mom and her daughter were in the car line. I think in the Chick-fil-A and a guy must have opened the door and he tried to steal um, the baby. I've seen, I've seen multiple videos of like, you know, like a kid going up to get like candy or, or like ice cream or something. And then there's like a girl that would come up a girl, a woman, she would come up with a car. She'd get out of a car I and like that. go up and approach the girl mm-hmm. and try to abduct her. When then, and then the parent would come by and then she'd fuck off. Right? Yeah, it, it's I, crazy. Man. Like people are paid to do this shit. Right? I know. I I have seen that one, but this was just the other day. This was Chick Fil A somewhere. I have no idea where, but. Yeah, and the and the Chick Fil A workers got the guy and you know threw him down to the ground, um, and then the video was cut. So and I didn't bother to look beyond that, but at least they got him. And yeah, then the mom with the baby was like yelling at him, and she's like, you know, what were you thinking? What were you doing? So I mean, it's a, it's it's a different world. It's really a different world. Um, and- and then these kids that get abducted, they're like, they're like raised and groomed to be like, you know, like models and shit like that, like sex models and, or like having sex with adults and shit, right? It's like, it's super fucked up, dude. And people aren't aware of this. People don't want to believe that this is actually happening. You're right. You know? You're right. But I think, you know, um, you know, our wonderful president's son. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Those, those videos have been released. Um, the son of the son of Pedo Pete. Oh, God. It's just, it's, it's nauseating. And they don't do anything about it. They don't do anything about it. Yeah, but they'll so. go, they'll go and raid uh, 
Trump's place at Mar-a-Lago, you know, but they won't go fucking raid Hunter Biden. I know. I know. Fuck, like, how retarded are people where, like, they don't... Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm getting on a rant here. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I look at it this way, though. Eventually, eventually, these people will F it up. And eventually because nobody's that slick i mean they have been slick on our online to us um on many different areas and i'm sure not everything's been revealed but um you know but the, the worst part about it though nancy is that the the higher that you get the more the more you have to be compromised for and the more that the people that are higher up than you are going to cover it up for you. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. It's yeah. unfucking believable. And people don't grasp that concept. That's the problem. That's a huge part of the awakening process is knowing that there is true evil out there. And the, the higher-ups that are way more evil than the people that are running these countries are covering up everything. I know. So that they can, so that they can control us. And I don't get it, because a lot of them are older, and they're going to be dead soon, hopefully. Um, <laughs> just like, well, like, we, have they, a, you know, we have a dementia patient running your country. I know. And I see him, and I'm like, he's not dead yet? I mean, then Klaus Schwab, he's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I also got my awakening to certain things because um, my prior career was I worked for local government. Oh, God. And, and if you think on a federal level, it's bad. It's equally as bad on the lower level. On the provincial or state level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was, I was gonna say provincial level. That's for me in Canada, but uh, yeah, the state level or and even the county even level, yeah, municipal level as well. It, it goes yep. from the top down all the way. Uh huh. It's a big yep. fucking shit trip all the way down. Even where I work, it's like these these upper management people are shitting on their lower management and then they shit on us in turn. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's crazy. It, it, it is. But I mean, I got my, I, I, I get everything. Um, simply because I was in that, uh, employment, um, and I saw firsthand and, and then there were, you know, expectations of me um, to um, respond in certain ways that I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not doing and, that. Yeah. Simply because, I mean, I know what I know right from wrong and I know what the repercussions are, you know, for, um, for mm, just not doing it the correct way. And, right. you know, no job is worth that. So, no, it's not. 
it's no, not, nothing is sacrificing your integrity. Nothing is worth sacrificing your integrity. Whether you're an artist or uh, a labor worker or a miner or whatever the fuck it is, if you sacrifice your, your integrity, that means for like a company that you work for, that means you sold your soul, plain and simple. You're right. You're right. The, the, the only thing that I don't understand is these people that do evil. I'll just chuck it all up into evil. Um, yeah. How how do they sleep at night? That That's my first question. Second of all, I don't get it either. there must be people that surround them because we all have neighbors we all have acquaintances and we all have friends and family and so how does any of this not get out and that that's the part i don't understand i mean how how does it not get out you know what i think it is i think people just are too scared to fucking speak up and stand up for themselves then and stand up how do you live with yourself? I mean, that, that is, I don't get that. I don't get a, that either. You know, like enormous, enormous, what? enormous amount of stress to carry with you 24 seven. It's gotta be a huge burden, right? Yeah. Like, like how can you like, even where I work, dude, it's like, I keep calling you dude. I'm sorry. It's my go-to <laughs> word. <laughs> it's like, how can you be a manager or a supervisor and rat and, and like rat on people and and go like go to your manager and say this guy's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and like jeopardize that person's uh, livelihood just to stay above, right? Like it doesn't compute with my brain. It does not make any sense why anybody would want to do that for a, a um, you know, like a, a bigger dollar sign, you know? Right. It just like, well, Oh God, it drives me nuts. Those experiences though, um, whether you're the victim or you're uh, a part of it, um, I think they make you a, stronger or better person if you can get out of there you know you understand you see and it kind of opens your eyes and you're not as blind to maybe other things if that makes sense which is why i started my podcast because I, I'm, I'm trying to get you know and I, I'm, I'm hopeful you know that this is going to lead me to a better direction in life and inspire other people to do what I'm doing or do something else. Like if you, if you're talented, use your talents to become something better than what these uh, corporations and small businesses have uh, to offer you, you know, do your own fucking thing and don't let anybody else get in your way. Well, you know what? You're, you're right. And that, that career part is long over with. And so the bees, and I never even told you how I got started with the bees. I bought my house and there are actually bees in the garage wall. 
all they need is a tiny little crack and they got in and the house was made out of concrete walk. And so um, that began my journey with, and the house was a fixer upper. So I had called um, the local county beekeeping club and had a guy come out and he had to jackhammer open the side of the wall and take out a hive. And I hadn't even moved in. The bees were living there. And so then after that, um, there was a, a broken light on the side door and they got in again in, into the same wall just down a little bit farther and then I'm mowing out back and I lift up a tree branch and there's about 10,000 bees hanging oh, there. Oh shit. I'd be and fucking then, shitting so my I keep, pants. <laughs> I keep calling the same guy. Right. And he's like, you know, he's, he's like, and I told him the story, you know, I grew up with bees and all that and everything. And he's like, look, he goes, he's originally from Ghana. And He's like, look, he says, we have a saying, he says that bees will only come and set up on a property where they feel safe. And I go, well, <laughs> why did they pick me? Anyways, when I had the fourth hive show up on this little tiny tree I had planted, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So that's when I finally said, yes, I will. And he's like, you know, if you put a hive on your property, that may deter any other bees from coming i think he was i don't know if that's true or not but i ended up i ended up getting my own hives and then subsequently a few years later the person who lived behind me they moved and they cut down all the brush and everything and there there was the parent hive so it was actually um the neighbor behind me that had the parent hive and i kept getting the swarms i kept getting the swarms and that's what was landing on my property so that's how I actually got into the beekeeping. That is amazing. Uh, I, I, like, <laughs> honestly, like it sounds like you you are actually fulfilling your destiny. Yes. Because like the bees have like a spiritual connection to you, right? That's what uh -huh. I feel. Yeah. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, yep. Wow. So that is actually, so, you know, it was, you know, my childhood was like the introduction and then i buy this house and i gotta fix it up and i'm like oh my there's bees in the wall i'm like oh so you didn't want to get into the beekeeping because of your childhood like growing up with your with your family and all the people that were involved you didn't initially that that came to you later right like that that was you that was oh wow i'm just like that my mind is blown that came to me when I actually bought the house and I didn't right. know that there were bees in the wall and I was doing something uh, and, and I will preface it and say the house was a fixer upper. It was a foreclosure and I'm cleaning up the yard and I swatted and I'm like, Oh, that's all I could think of. And I'm like, and I looked at the wall and so the, the house is concrete block with stucco concrete stucco over it. And there was, there was a hole. And I look and I can see the bees coming and going. And I'm like, you, I didn't plan on this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan on this part. Um, and then it just didn't stop because, you know, it was um, four separate hives over a period of, I don't remember. 
um, two years or something like that. And, and like I said, I kept calling the same gentleman to come, the beekeeper guy, to come. And he's like, you're going to make me rich. And he's like, why don't you just get a hive? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I, go, I got this like house to fix up. And he says, right. that's okay. He says, you just put the bees out here and you go back and, and fix up your house. <laughs> so oh, that, yeah. yeah. So they, they, they came to me. They came to me at my house. Yeah. So they, my they came back to you and said, you know what, girl? This is what you got to be doing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's amazing. That's it really such is. an amazing story. Do you it know really um, who are your favorite uh, famous beekeepers or do you have any? Because I know one that I really like. Aside from you uh, now. <laughs> famous, famous beekeepers? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't really do famous like anything. Um, okay. I just don't. I mean, because I think everybody has something to contribute. So you're not, I don't know. I just, but do you know, do you know of any like famous people who got into beekeeping or, or beekeepers that, that got big that you look up to or whatever? Um, again, I look up to certain, certain beekeepers for what their contribution is. So, sure. um, um, and when I say that, I mean, it's, it's like the topic, like conversation I had with one, um, he's, he's a queen breeder and he is, um, rather well known. Um, and, I had a specific conversation with him about a specific topic and he just said, he goes, you know, try this, do this, do that. It had really nothing to do with beekeeping. It had more to do with um, what types of organizations that I could join. Okay. Um, beekeeping organizations that I could join where, um, where my specific experience and knowledge and becoming a honey judge would serve those organizations well. If that okay. Makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. So yeah. it's it's more <laughs> of like the secret society. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's actually a lot of them. So it's more of like what what an individual has um, shared, contributed, um, exposed or a com certain conversations maybe but as far as like one person no no i i just i don't because i've i've learned and taken and um experienced did your and, own thing yes and and yeah. and it's cherry picked it's it's different conversations and different you know i mean and i could go into a whole uh that there, there's a whole lot I could go into being female and being a beekeeper. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Um, yeah. And there's, and I'm not the only female who has experienced, um, you know, issues <laughs> sure. with, uh, yeah. with, with male beekeepers that are like, you know, this is not women's, this is not women's work. Right. And, um, 
So there, there's there's different <laughs> there's just different things, I guess I can say that I have learned from different people through conversations, through um just being just being somewhere, okay, just being um, part of a group in a conversation and not even participating and learning something. So if that makes sense. So you're so. more the per- you're more the type that just like takes in the knowledge and then applies it to your own life, right? Uh, yes. Or if somebody <laughs> sees, or if somebody sees me or sees something in me. So like, if you wanted to become a beekeeper, I would, I would like ask you, how do you learn? What, what is the best way for you to learn? So I know how to deliver the beekeeping information to you. So do you learn by actual hands-on or do you prefer to watch a video or would you like to read a book or Right. Would you like to, would you like to tag along or um, you know what is your so when you ask somebody that question, how do you learn? Um, I mean sometimes you really have to try to pull it out of people because they're like, well, I don't really know you know and I'm like, well, yeah, think, about it. Yeah. think about how do you learn best? How will you best receive? Uh, the information that you need to get from me right so kind of and also kinda, what are your motives right um well yes but so some people a lot of people will just say i want to help save the bees i'm like well you could just plant i can tell you what you can plant to do that mm-hmm. because not not everybody's meant to be a beekeeper but everybody can plant you know um be in butterfly friendly plants everybody can do that well most everybody can do that so you may not be able to do one thing but you could contribute in in another way um yeah like uh, because people want to they seem to want to like dive in like head first and not know exactly what it means to be a beekeeper right but they want right. to save the bees. So it's like, you got to determine what their motives are. That, that was, that was my question. There's so many different uh, motives that people have. So there, there really <laughs> are. And, and I mean, I have somebody that I, you know, if she called me up and said, you know, please come, I, I need help for her. It's a way to decompress because her life is um, extremely full. And she's like, this brings me so much peace. She goes, even though I really don't know what I'm doing still. She goes, this brings me so much peace. Um, and I'm like, okay, I I understand. I, I get it, you know. Um, but... Other people, like, I, I mean, I got a guy that I mentored. Um, and I kept telling him, if you... Because when you start beekeeping, you really should start with two hives. Why would you want to start with two hives? If you have a problem with one, you could go to the other hive and get resources for that problem hive. And he he was like, he goes, I'll think about it. And I'm like, okay. And he decided, no, I only want to have one hive. And so I said, okay. And so 
<laughs> I ended up being the person that when he needed resources, he called and he's like, well, this is, this is what's going on. I'm like, send some, you know, take some pictures, then, uh, text me then, some pictures. And then you're like, you should have started with two hives. <laughs> um, but, okay. So some people need to come to that conclusion themselves. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you everything you need to know. So you're not scared anymore, but you know, right. then tomorrow you walk outside and see a bean go, ah, you know, um, <laughs> but you know, is, you know, that, that's, that was, um, that, that's what he wanted. He only wanted one hive. And so when he needed resources, yes, I, did I help him out? Of course I did. Of, of course I did. Um, and again, so why did he get into beekeeping? Um, he got into beekeeping because, um, he liked to entertain and he bought the teeniest, tiniest little jars and he would have a dinner party and, and tell the story about how he's a beekeeper oh, and, dear God. and give, his, give his guests a, a little jar of honey. So Just to entertain to kind of like, you know, prop himself up, right? Like ego kind of thing. No, just... Um, I have a hive and I'm helping save the bees and I hear, you know, thank you for coming to dinner and here's a little take home, um, you know, it try, try the honey from my hive. No, cause he's not, he's, he's not that kind of guy. So. Right. That's um, what I'm saying. It's like, it's kind of like a look at what I can It's like Stuart from my TV. Look what I can do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's probably not uh, the purest intention. Um, the reason why I wanted to ask you about famous people uh, being beekeepers is because I, I'm a huge metalhead. And when I found out, like, when uh, James Hetfield from Metallica mm -hmm. went on to uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, yeah. that's what he does. When he's not in Metallica, he's beekeeping. And I thought that was fucking fascinating. He's really doing it, or he has somebody doing it for him. No, he's doing it. He absolutely loves it. He has kids, and they're involved in it as well. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm aware that there are, you know, people out there that do have them. Um, but the question is, is do they actually, you know, are they actually maintaining them or are they paying somebody to maintain them so that they can say that they have bees? Right, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's my thing as well. I always question everything, you know, it's like, why do people do what they do? You know, like, is it just to get, you know, quote unquote clout and, you know, get people interested in them or are they doing it because they have a passion for it, right? That's what separates the 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 sheep from or the wheat from the chaff is like, are you doing what you do because you love it, or you just want to get like popular and famous? You know. Oh, I don't want to be popular and famous. I mean, I you know, I I don't care about that. Um, if I have helped somebody, so uh, so this could be another podcast too. AP therapy. 
Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is no. stinging. That is using bee stings to treat for Lyme disease. Okay. Um, and yes, I have done that. Yes, I have taken classes on that. Um, so is that, is that effective in treating Lyme disease? It can be. It yeah, can be, are, but not really 100%. There, I have met a couple people who have been cured from it. Or I, think, I think that depends on the person's body type or blood type or whatever. You know, there's so many different factors that, that are involved with that, I think, right? Um, there are. I mean, just in general, your, you know, your health. But, I mean, I actually learned how to sting people for Lyme. So... You know, for me getting into it, um, I've got <laughs> I've got my hands into so many different areas, and it, I kind of just fell, if you will, into certain areas. So, like the AP therapy part of it was somebody my my name was on an AP therapy forum somewhere as a local source to get bees to sting. So people who um, use AP therapy usually do, I don't know why, but mail order bees. Okay. So you're on a, you're on a protocol. Um, you, you're on a stinging protocol. So you, you, they send the amount of bees that you need. Right. And then they know how long they're going to live. And then they send the next shipment of bees. Well, the person, um, they sent the bees by like two-day mail, whatever. And it was really, really hot here. And the bees died. So now this person didn't have any way to get bees. Somehow, somewhere, my name shows up. And I get a phone call. Can I buy some bees from you? And I'm like, what? Huh. <laughs> Can I buy what? a scoop? can I buy a scoop of bees from you? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And then I got the whole story, what I just told you. And I'm like, okay. And I did take a class on it, but I never, I never, you know, I never did it or anything. So this person um, needed bees because the next shipment wouldn't be for like, I, I can't remember. I want to say 15 or 20 days. And so I provided them with the bee. So there's, but how did, how did my name get out there? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because <laughs> you work with bees. <laughs> well, yes, but I had never, not in that, not in that area. Right, right, not right. In, not in the, I had never done any, I mean, I had an opportunity to take a class, but I had never done it and i'm like okay you know it's good to learn right and sure. then all of a sudden my name comes up and i get a phone call and you know i gotta go out and scoop a, you know a jar of bees up for somebody who's gonna buy a jar of bees <laughs> so there's things that uh i guess come to you um and i i just believe they come to you for a specific reason kind of well, like what people. do you yeah, like when you do what it is that you're passionate about, there's going to be all sorts of opportunities that come your way, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's how it is. Like my, my motto is from Field of Dreams, you know, with Kevin Costner. Uh -huh. 
if you build it, they will come. That's true. That's it's true. so true. It's so true. So I have, so there's so many different areas um, of, I'll just say be related um, areas and topics that I'm been exposed to. Um, and just some of them are things that I sought out and some of them just kind of fell right into my lap. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've been successful with people who are like scared to death of bees. Um, and, <laughs> and, and like I did a bee removal, a certain type of bee removal. And at the end they were like sad. I mean, the wife was telling me, she's like, I'd come home from work after a really bad day. And she goes, and I would just go stand over there and watch them. And she goes, and by the time I went in the house, she goes, I was nice and calm and relaxed. And she goes, it's just so soothing to watch them. And they, the way that they move, I think, is the way that is the thing that terrifies me the most about them. Have you heard anything about um, what they do and like how they are mechanized uh, naturally uh, that... Uh, would propel any kind of UFO technology. Have you heard of that shit on the conspiratorial side? I I really haven't. But oh man, it's so fascinating. Like I, they I kind have. of they kind of levitate, right? So there's a story about like some guy who like took like B like quote unquote B technology to create a, a craft that will levitate just like they do. Okay. Yeah, it. yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's so, there's dude again. Um, send but me yeah. that. If you have it, send it to me. I'll, I'll try to look for it. Yeah, I'll try to look for it and send it to you. But there's, I've heard like multiple podcasts and shit about it. Like people have been doing research in this and like the way that bees move and they, they kind of like go up and down like so easily. Um, there's some kind of uh, uh, technology that they extracted from bees that can make a craft that can like go up and down any way, any which way. And that's what UFOs are based on is like bee technology. It's crazy. That is, I'd be, I'd be really interested in, in reading or is I'll, try, a, I'll try to look for like a podcast or something about that and send it to you. But yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Okay. Great. So that's, I mean, I have like hours more I could share, but. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're, just gonna say, uh, we're over two hours now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could wrap it up, but uh let me uh, ask you uh, where my audience can find you and give you uh, ask you questions and whatnot. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm, I, I'm on Facebook, but uh, I don't really. I don't, I don't do Facebook. I don't really. Yeah, that's more just family stuff and, um, you know, close friend stuff. But you have some um, cool posts on Instagram. I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, did, if you, I do. 
if you can't remember the name of it of your account, I'll put it in the show notes, so don't worry. Oh, it's, but, uh, it's just Nanpally ninety nine. There you go. It's Nan. So yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not pri- I'm not private. Um, my account's wide open, so anybody can message me um, if they want to. So cool. I'm sure you're gonna get some questions uh, after I release this uh, episode. <laughs> That'd be it's great. Fine. I mean, that's fine as long as you know. It's fine. Cool. I get I get weird requests, so just <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Trust me. Trust me. So do I. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, this was this was great. I mean, if we could do one talk bees again. Let me know. Yeah, like it was super fun to have you on. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. I've never been on a podcast before, so it's really interesting. Um, I have thought so. I do have a uh, a website that's not up. It's not running at the moment, and I kind of thought it would be neat to um, maybe do a podcast along with it, but I'm not there yet. I got other things going on that take precedence first, but I'll probably get there one day. Cool. Well, if, just if, keep... if we're still here. Oh, yeah, right? Who if knows? They killed us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, it was such a pleasure to have you on. And uh, if you need any kind of shout outs or anything later on with your website, let me know and I'll put it out there. Okay, uh, is there a way that I can post something on my Instagram page that will lead? When will this go up? Oh, I'll put it up tomorrow. Okay, so is there um, a way that I can post it so anybody that follows me? Oh yeah, for sure. I'll put like a like a story and a post, and then you could just share it. Okay. All yeah. right, I'll do that. Cool. Because I have some like beekeepers from I don't even, I haven't seen him post in a long time, but he's like in Iran. Um, it uh, beekeepers in Italy. Um, oh, so you're connected. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. it's like share yeah, with that put it out there. But now it's been the you know the conspiracy stuff, and it's been all the. You know, for the past two years, the COVID crap and all that. Um, of course. You know, so, but I want to, I, I, you can't get away from it because every day they're doing stupid stuff. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> and if I, if I, if I, you know, don't keep up with it, I feel like I'm, you know, I don't know. I just, just feel like I just. just just keep focusing on what it is that you were meant to be doing. And that's well, all what I'm doing, doing. But I also need to, you know. You, you want to get your voice out there, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. also keep, keep up with what's going on around me in the world, you know. Sure, sure. So I can know how to, you know, fight my way to, to survive. <laughs> <laughs> survive and thrive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And thriving does not necessarily mean money. It means like the the amount of energy that you're that you have to uh, put out there into the world, and not just in your own world, right? right. So, right. Ah, 
lovely I'm about just like plain old living. So they, you know, absolutely, yeah. So they uh, wipe us out <laughs> for sure. Anyway, Nancy, it, it's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much for your time. And well, thank uh, you. We'll I had fun. Catch up soon. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was great. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Right. You take care, okay? You too. Have a okay. good night. God bless you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for once again listening to the Red Bill Cartel. Davy and I really enjoyed the episode with Nancy. Uh, she uh, brought a lot of knowledge uh, to the table uh, about honeybees and how they work. And uh, we really hope you enjoyed that episode too. And uh, we could have uh, spoken for a lot longer, but uh, we went over the two-hour mark. So we hope you guys uh, did not get bored with that. Uh, we weren't. We were highly entertained and educated, you know. Davey, what do you think? you think you uh, have a little bit more knowledge about the honeybees now? Of course, man. That was, that was insanely educational. Uh, you know, how terrified of bees I am. And, uh, you know, it was just so interesting to learn something about something that I'm so scared of, you know. <laughs> There's no need to be scared, Davey. They're just bees doing their thing, you know? Don't swat, like she said, don't swat them. And don't run away ever again, okay? I think I got it. Thanks, thanks, Nigel. No problem, Davey. Anyway, Cartel, if, if you enjoyed the show, you know, you want to support the show, drop a uh, star review on the Spotify or uh, leave a wonderful five-star review on Apple and uh, you can also go to the Patreon the Patreon you can uh, give a tip to us for three dollars or five dollars or what have you and uh, we can get better equipment for the show you know so thank you for those who are already supporting on the Patreon and uh, we love you cartel and until next time <laughs>